welcome to the Next Academy podcast, focusing on construction leadership, brand growth, and staying on offense. Here's your host, Chad Jones and Cody Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four. My name is Cody Phillips, joined alongside my co-host, Chad Jones. Coming to you straight from the friendly confines of Hot Metal Street here in the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. First, I'd like to thank our foundational sponsors who power the Next Academy, Graybar Electric, Southwire, Milwaukee Tool, and Thomas and & Betts. As has grown customary here on the podcast, before we dive into today's episode, I want to bring our listeners up to speed on relevant news since we spoke last. The Next Academy has added Detroit as a host location for 2019. A special thank you to the Southeast Michigan NECA team of Tom Middlebrun, Jim Chase, and Laura Dayfield, as well as the Ohio-Michigan executives Todd Michelson and William Yule for their leadership in this endeavor. That leaves us with only two host locations remaining for 2019, so please, listeners, keep this in mind as you finalize your decisions. You know, we'd like to accommodate everyone, but it's imperative for us to grow and scale appropriately to maintain the value proposition for each participant. Now, on to today's show. Super stoked for you all to hear this one. Last month, we featured National NECA president and president of Miller Electric Company, David Long, and his thoughts on culture. Today's episode will feature the mayor of Pittsburgh, Bill Peduto, and his views on change how his leadership approach has changed since he took office in 2014, the city's vast changes throughout his tenure, where he sees Pittsburgh in five years, and his internal leadership philosophy. We delayed the podcast release a few days in hopes that Mayor Peduto would announce a new citywide agreement with the region's trade unions to pursue all public construction projects with budgets of more than 500000 under project labor agreements. He did indeed do that on May 29th. It's a measure expected to secure union participation on a wave of capital investments the city plans to make in the coming years. You will hear him discuss some of these plans throughout the podcast. It's an exciting time for many of the electrical contractors here in Western PA that Chad and I represent. Our straight sauce segment is titled, Change is Inevitable, Progress is Not. A quote you will hear directly from the mayor's mouth later on in the show. Let's roll. Let me have your attention for a moment. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Oh, have I got your attention now? Have I got your attention now? Good. Straight sauce. No rocks. No chaser. The truth. We give it to you straight. They burn a little on the way down. Mark Zuckerberg once said, In a world that's changing really quickly, the only strategy that is guaranteed to fail is not taking risks. And he was right. Leadership is not a static endeavor. Successful managers not only acknowledge the need for business development, but also are willing and able to navigate their team through change. The prospect of change can be daunting, but if managed correctly, the process doesn't have to be painful. In today's fast-paced society, the difference between success and failure can lie in a company's ability to adapt. And it's really not just a company's ability to adapt. It's us as individuals. The rigidity and or pliability of oneself is a great precursor of success. 
In my opinion, you have to be open to change on all levels, both personally and professionally, to be relevant into the future. I think our ability to aggressively change in the near term will decide our fate. Yeah, Cody, again, I think we're on another one of these words that you hear people use so often, change. In our past podcast, we've talked about candor, we've talked about culture, and they all fit together. But when you talk about change, I think what you're really talking about is a call to action. And I'm really excited for later in the podcast to hear from Mayor Peduto because when I think of change, it's fun to look at the city of Pittsburgh. This is a city that, that has changed so much in a short period of time. If you look at where the city was in the 1970s and you look at where it is today, I'm sure there's plenty of people that would have said in the 1970s, you know, technology isn't what built this city. The steel industry is what built it. But having the vision and fortitude to understand where you currently are in the business cycle and where you need to be in the future is very, very important. And change at times can feel wrong. It can feel like you're making a mistake or you're going in the wrong direction because it's such a departure from where you are. So it calls attention to the fact that you're going somewhere different. Understanding the why you're doing it helps to get people on board and understand why the change is happening. And, uh, and that's really what you need. You need a supporting cast to navigate it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And in, in the second module of the Next Academy, we, we discussed change management back in February. And you learn the importance of having a clear plan understanding the end goal, communicating it clearly, identifying the key players. But oftentimes, change comes down to the individual, the willingness to put in the work, the willingness to be open to suggestions, the willingness to be vulnerable. Uh, Before you or your company begin to change, you have to be willing to do that. And I think that's exactly what you were just intimating there was the perspective that to change is hard. It's hard as a company. It's, it's hard as, as an industry, it's hard as an individual, because you are stepping out of your norm, you're stepping out of a comfortable way of thinking that you're used to, and I think it's important that we continue to look ahead, and change is a big part of that. Change is a big part of that, and I'm reminded of a quote that I believe Robert Kennedy had that basically said that our destiny will be the sum of all of our decisions. And so when you think about that, you know, that's kind of deep, but, but he's right. As you go through your daily basis, whether you're making decisions around your association board table or they're in your welfare meetings or your pension meetings or in negotiations, the reality and the impact of change isn't going to happen if you're, if you're repeating the same process and making similar decisions in the past. The outcome is going to look pretty much like what you're used to. Right. The hard part is how do you make decisions the total of sum that drives you towards change. And that, and I think that's a really difficult part. And again, I think it goes back to explaining the why so that people understand the why. The, the change itself is merely the vehicle that gets you there. Yeah. I think the hard part is digesting the why. Yeah, you have to have the buy-in. Right. It's different if it's just an individual change, but anytime you're dealing with a company change, you're going to have to have the why. Right. And I, I think back to four years ago when I walked into this office and we started to change things. We started to look at how we were doing things and we started to stop doing things that we were that we didn't like and we started doing things that we felt like that were going to benefit us. But the reality of that was we had staff members in this office that had been in this organization for over 25 years. I can remember the daily sales pitch of the why. Yeah. Um, every once in a while you'd get a funny look. This isn't how we do it. This isn't 
um, what we do. Uh, why this isn't doing the this? way it's always been this done. This isn't the way it's always <laughs> been done. And, and a reminder that it constantly takes communication as to the why. And eventually, those people that were looking at you with a questionable eye are now working as part of the team, driving the change because they fully understand the why. You go here and you say, we got to change. You hear that say all the time. But real change? Real change is not onboarding process of getting your team and your organization understanding the why. Then they're carrying out the steps with trust in the vision and trust in the plan that needs to be executed. And that's when the real change starts to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. And last Friday, you know, you and I had the opportunity to meet Jocko Willink. For those of you that don't know out there that are listening, Jocko is a former Navy SEAL officer, author of the New York Times bestseller, Extreme Ownership, and host of the Jocko podcast. We both have spoken about him on this podcast previously and really value his approach to life. And we hired Jocko to be the keynote speaker at our fourth annual industry evening and keynote event that gathers many of the influential industry personnel from around the region here in Pittsburgh. First, let me say, he was very genuine, down-to-earth, you get what you see, just a really good dude who happens to be one of the biggest badasses in society. But he said something in his keynote that struck me as a huge deterrent of change. When I look at the top of companies that seem stagnant, I see this. And that's the lack of humility. I'm going to paraphrase his thoughts. Without humility, you can't listen to anyone because you think you know everything. You can't evolve or get better. You don't adapt to any new technology or methods. You essentially become stagnant. You don't respect your enemy in a business sense. That means you don't respect your competition. And maybe most damaging is that with a lack of humility, you have no self-awareness. You can't check yourself, your ego. The bottom line is I've seen industries fail to have humility and they no longer exist. Lack of humility is the poison of change. You take a close look at yourself today. Do you have the humility necessary to change? Look at your company. Look at the industry you do business in. It's imperative that if you want change to take place that you have to check your ego at the door. Jocko brought an awesome message that it was really cool to hear him in person and, and have the opportunity to talk to him. And I think Jocko's message is right on point of extreme ownership and, and owning everything in your environment or at least taking responsibility for it. Being at the top of an organization, regardless of what it is or what industry it's in, whether you're the boss in your contracting firm or you're, you're the head of an auto dealership, simply sitting at the top doesn't mean that you have the ability to lead. Being at the top of an organization is a position. Moving an organization is a totally different deal. And I think that's where Jocko kind of gets into the nuts and bolts of how do you move an organization. And when you look around, especially us in this industry, we have peers and other chapters that we talk to daily. And there's some great individuals. We have folks at National that we talk to daily, great individuals. And the same thing with our partners on the IBW side. But in total, the reality has to hit that no one is going to come along and solve industry problems for you. You're not going to wake up tomorrow with a solution on how to be a viable chapter. You're not going to wake up tomorrow with a solution that's going to solve the IBW and NECA's problems tomorrow. And if you're looking for that, all you need to do is look in the mirror because you're up, man. And and I think that's (laughs) Jocko's message is nobody's coming to save you. You are up. You're at the plate. It's your turn. It's your time. If anyone out there is telling you to wait in line or hold back or, oh, you need to take your time, you'll get there. Forget about that because you don't have that much time. you got to execute now. Yeah, and I mean, like he said, who, who's going to do it if you don't? I love that. It's, it's exactly right. If not us, then who? 
Right, exactly. So my final takeaway is that you really have to have a willingness to put in the work, the willingness to be open to suggestions, the willingness to be vulnerable. And before you or your company can change, as I said earlier, you have to be a willing party and participant in that change. Always have talented, capable people around you. Take the time to communicate the why and then sit back and be amazed at how quickly they're able to execute change in the vision and the strategy of the organization. Stop looking around for someone that's going to come with your answer. You have the answer. You're up. It's your day to play, so get after it. So you know what? Before we finish this segment, let's do a quick giveaway. We haven't done that yet on the podcast. The first five individuals that do these two things will win a signed copy of Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win. It's a New York Times bestseller written by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Uh, It's a tremendous leadership book. To qualify, uh, share this podcast on LinkedIn and make sure you tag me, Cody B. Phillips, and Chad M. Jones in the post so we know you have done it. Step two, send me an email, subject line Jocko, to cbp at nextleadershipacademy.org. In the body of the message, give me your name and your mailing address. If you are one of the first five, I will send a signed book out in the next few weeks. So to qualify, share on LinkedIn, tag Chad and I, send me an email with the information that I asked for. Cool. We are excited for you to hear our special guest for today's episode, Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto. Mayor Peduto took office as Pittsburgh's 60th mayor in January of 2014. Prior to taking office, he worked for 19 years on Pittsburgh City Council, seven years as a staffer, then 12 years as a member of council. The Peduto administration is committed to modernizing city government and implementing leading practices to provide taxpayers with an efficient, effective, transparent, and a more accountable government. Since taking office, Mayor Peduto has led a collaborative effort to make Pittsburgh a leading 21st century city. Mayor Peduto. Hi. Hey, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well. All right. That's great. Well, you are on with Cody Phillips and Chad Jones. It's our honor to have you with us today on the Next Academy podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for uh, the invitation. Let's dive into some questions. Um, Since taking over as mayor of Pittsburgh in 2014, has your leadership approach changed? When I first took office, my brother gave me some advice. He said, the British have a good system of being able to do things. They have a king and they have a prime minister. And the king cuts the ribbons and the prime minister runs the government. He said, your problem is you want to be both. You hired a good guy in Kevin Ackland. You got to let it trust him and let him do what he needs to do. And you basically provide the guidance. And when I got into office, my brother proved correct. And I tried to basically be a councilman times nine and be involved in every decision making process. And I think that over the course of the four years, you learn number one, physically, you can't do that. And then secondly, it doesn't allow morale to build within your administration. People that you hire, 
you hire because they're quality people and they want to be trusted to let the leash go a little bit and to be able to do things on their own. So I'm still evolving in that. Um, I've learned to get my hand off the wheel when necessary and to just provide general direction and then let professionals be able to to manage it. But it's a learning curve. I think it's sometimes council members who become mayors don't learn it. Um, I think that I have and uh, been a lot better this second term than I was in the first. That's a great example. Seeing the need for our city to continue to change and evolve, how difficult is it for you to keep your eye on the future while respecting and maintaining the culture of Pittsburgh? It's a great question, and it really is difficult because there is resistance to change, but you know, there's a saying, change is inevitable, progress is not. And so you got to keep moving forward. You don't sit in one place. We, we did that in the 80s and the 90s, not by our own choosing, but our economy had tanked and we basically watched as the rest of the world went forward and we stayed in one location. There is a, a general resistance to anything that's new, sometimes well-founded, sometimes just based on fear, uh, not knowing what the change will bring. But I think that if you look at the things that people would say make them proud to live in a neighborhood, you can find things that make the neighborhood unique. And the question is, as you see development occurring, how do you enhance upon that, not take away from it? Best example I can give is, you know, everyone loves the strip district. It's just a unique location. There aren't other strip districts. There's one. When we looked at that terminal building and the plans that were on the table, demolishing 40% of it, it seemed to take away from what's happening on Penn Avenue. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't want to compete with Penn Avenue, but we wanted to complement it. Part of that was keeping the historic building intact. Part of it was looking for businesses that would enhance the shopping experience for the Strip District and making the Strip more into Penn, Smallman, and Riverfront. And so that's the goal in each of the neighborhoods. It's not to say no to development, Mm -hmm. but to be able to develop and do it in a way that is respectful. Well, I think it's so important because not having grown up here, but having relocated and, and now raising my family here, I personally feel like there's just no place like this area on earth. And I think it's because of those reasons that you point out. The ability to navigate and keep that suburban life and that community feel to it is so important. And I can't tell you how proud I am, and I know Cody is, as we travel yeah. around the country to tell people where we're from because the world's hearing what's happening here, and that's really cool for us. I think, you know, we have an opportunity for mid-sized cities to show how it can be done right. Absolutely. Probably one of the reasons is because we didn't, while the rest of the country was putting up Panera Bread on every street corner and a Starbucks right next to it, Mm -hmm. we were still struggling out of a recession. So we still have local bakeries and local coffee shops. I, I love taking people to Lawrenceville just to show them the stores and to tell them that the person running the cash register is the owner, one after another after another. And it enhances upon the history of that neighborhood and the way that it's being developed. So that kind of brings me to my next point. Our our city has made incredible progress under your guidance. Where do you see Pittsburgh in five years? 
I think that what you'll see is a continuation of what we're seeing right now. Uh, the East End through the Eds and Meds continuing to boom. Uh, Lawrenceville through technology firms that want to be able to locate their connecting more seamlessly with the Strip District and development occurring all along the Allegheny River. Uh, but I think what will surprise people is you're going to start to see a lot more development happening in neighborhoods that you hadn't seen before in places like Spring Garden or across the 16th Street Bridge by Penn Brewery and people looking at the affordability of owning their own home and restoring those beautiful homes and in places like Knoxville and Beltsuver in the Hilltop community, um, a commitment to more of a Main Street approach with uh, housing as a key component, places in the West End, and a lot of building permits that will be going up in those neighborhoods that hadn't really seen that much before. And when we'll commit, too, to putting tens of millions in each year into affordable housing options in places all over the city. And that, that expansion, I think, will continue the upward trend that you've seen happening in the past five years. So in 2014, we had $200 million worth of building permits. And that's wow. anything from a new kitchen to a new apartment building. Last year, we had $1.2 billion. <laughs> Holy cow. And, yeah, wow. so we've seen a 600% increase wow. in the amount of building permits. And we didn't have any mega projects. You know, there were right. no stadiums right. being yeah. built or convention centers. And I think that, the, that at least during the first quarter of this year, is continuing to track upward. And I expect that will continue. Well, listen, I mean, that, as Chad said earlier, the growth is a credit to your leadership. And this final question is one that we've asked all of our guests. And some feel this may be two questions, so feel free to answer one or both. What is your personal leadership philosophy? What is your mission statement, if you will? The philosophy goes back to the evolution of what I'm trying to get to. And <laughs> to quote a uh, Old Chinese philosopher Lao Zhu, he said, the leader walks with the people, but when the best leader's work is done, the people say, we did it ourselves. So it is how do you use the ability and the resources that you have to enable individuals, organizations, and your own staff to do more? How do you steer it in the direction that you think it needs to go in, but at the same time have your hands off enough that people are motivated to do the work because they can see their own signature when it's done? And it's a balance, but it's, I think, the best way to lead. And then um, as far as the motto, uh, we, we have a saying within the City Hall that is, if it's not for all, it's not for us. And what we look to do is to bake into the beginning process opportunities for everyone to be a part because, you know, we went through a history that a hundred years ago, we had the greatest disparity between the haves and the have nots in American history. Right. And it was the people working in the mills and in the mines and those that owned and operated them. And we want to be cognizant of that and understand that if we can, certain 
procedures and programs in place at the beginning, we can build an economy for all as the economy shifts. That makes a lot of sense. And again, I want to reiterate how proud we are to be a part of Pittsburgh and be a part of the renaissance in the construction industry. And then we thank you for your for your leadership and all the great things that you're doing for the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, one thing I just been going, you know, it used to be pretty easy to hire electrical uh, inspectors within the city. And we used to, you know, post it, have 15 people apply, choose one and move on. I've had a posting for an electrical inspector at $51,000 for about the past 14 months that I can't fill. And the reason is electricians in Pittsburgh make 80000 They're well compensated. Um, yep. we, we believe it certainly in their quality of work. And, and as you know, and I think that our partner, uh, Mike Dunleavy here in, in Pittsburgh, he believes in the quality of the middle class and the standard of living. And the other thing with it, too, is this is the beginning of what we're going to see there's going to be people aren't going to be fighting for scraps anymore there is going to be a real hard pressed need for trained skilled workforce right and within the building trades we're already beginning to see it and we haven't even started on upmc's plans Mm -hmm. for three billion dollars worth of uh development allegheny health networks one billion dollars the potential cracker plant in Beaver County with five to eight billion dollars. I mean, we're talking about unprecedented big numbers, big numbers. Carnegie Mellon, the University of Pittsburgh with a billion. And this is only over the next five years. One point two billion. We're going to be spending at PWSA three billion more at Alcasan. One billion dollars at the airport. Wow. We, we've never seen this type, and this is in the next five years. So we are really, when we're talking about building a city for all, we're going to really have the opportunity to get people into positions, into apprenticeships, and into careers for at least the next 20 years. It's a great problem to have because we, we certainly need them, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, and I, I just want to say, Mary, thank you again for your leadership and your guidance and keep up the great work. And thank you again for joining the podcast today. Chad and I certainly appreciate it. Okay, guys, have a great day. Thank you. That was Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto. I want to say a quick thank you to our Government Affairs Director here at the Western PA NECA chapter, Joel Salerno, as well as the Mayor's staff for arranging his participation. He's a difficult man to track down, and we certainly appreciate his time. Thank you to everyone involved. As with each guest, we certainly hope you took some tangible lessons from that that you can embed into your own life that will enable you to become a better leader. His passion and vision for the city of Pittsburgh is palpable. He has done an incredible job to change the narrative here in Pittsburgh and has produced tangible results in the process. Let me leave you with this quote from former Heisman Trophy winner, NFL player, and now minor leaguer Tim Tebow. I want to be someone that was known for bringing faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. Wouldn't that be a fantastic way to be remembered? I challenge you to be the change you want to see. In the late words of fallen Navy SEAL Mark Allen Lee, pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift of human life. Listen, change is staring you in the mirror. 
what will you do about it? it? Takes discipline. No looking around for excuses. No pointing fingers. It's about accountability, about responsibility. Own your life. See you next time on the next Academy podcast where we focus on construction leadership, brand growth, and staying on offense. Oh, Father, tell me, do we get what we deserve? Oh, we get what we deserve. And where down we go, Lord.